Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. I would like you please to open your Bibles, and I hope everyone have a Bible here. We are going to look today into the 8th chapter of the book of Romans in the New Testament, and we are looking into the book of Romans, and from the book of Romans we learn about the ways of God with men, and about the fact that God, not only that He has saved us, not only that he had brought us to himself and made us children, sons and daughters of the Father, but he also wants us to live a life for him. While we are waiting the time, we are waiting the day in which we are going to be called by the Messiah, to be called by the Lord Jesus, to be taken to be with him in glory, but until we are going to be there with him, he left us here in this world and he wants us to live for him. And so in the book of Romans, we are in chapter 8 today, we are in the portion of the book of Romans, chapter 6 and 7 and 8, which deal with the theme of sanctification. Not only that we have been saved, but we are also in the process of being daily being set apart, sanctified for the Lord Yeshua, the Lord Jesus, our Messiah. We have covered chapter 6. We have covered chapter 7. And today we are going to begin dealing with the 8th chapter of the book of Romans. And I would like to begin from verse 1. And we are going to take the first 17 verses of Romans chapter 8 in our ministry meeting today. Let me read these verses. Beautiful and very interesting verses. There is therefore... Now no condemnation to them which are in Christ, or in Mashiach, as we say in Hebrew, in Mashiach Yeshua, in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Messiah Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be fleshly or carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace and shalom. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye 
are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. Since so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if any man has not the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Mashiach, he is none of his. And since the Messiah be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. But since the spirit of him that raised up Yeshua from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Messiah from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, our Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, with Mashiach. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Now I'll stop here with the reading for today, and I hope I will cover, by the grace of God, the passage that I read. But I would like, brothers and sisters, just by way of introduction to chapter 8, I would like to remind you a few things here before we are going to go into this chapter 8. Now remember that it was God, in his wisdom, that he wanted to win a people for himself. He loved men so much that he was willing to send his beloved son, the Messiah, to this world. And because the Messiah came and he paid a penalty for sin, God now is able to reach out to people like you and I, sinners by nature and by practice, and to win us to himself if we believe that Yeshua, that Jesus, have paid the penalty for our sin. And so we've covered up to chapter 7 so far in the book of Romans, and we learn from those chapters the S's that are found that we can tag this book. Many S's. The first one is called sin. The second one is called salvation. The third one, which we are studying, called sanctification. The fourth one will be sovereignty. And the fifth one will be service. Now, so precious to realize that the Bible teaches us all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And since all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, God needed to provide salvation. And He did so, beloved brothers and sisters, when He sent Yeshua, Jesus, our Messiah, to die for our sins. And we read in the scripture in Romans chapter 5, we as believers have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus the Messiah. And so you know, beloved brothers and sisters, if you are a believer, and if you are a child of God, you have peace with God through our Lord Jesus the Messiah. This peace is not for a time and a season. This peace is for eternity. 
This peace is once and for all peace that God, shalom, that God had provided for those that belong to Yeshua the Messiah. But many times in our lives as believers, we don't have peace, or I should say, the peace of God. Not the peace with God, Romans 5 verse 1, but the peace of God, Philippians chapter 4. We often don't have the peace of God because we are living here in this world and many times we stumble and we fall and we sin and we hurt God, we hurt ourselves, we hurt others. And yet we are in the school of God every day as we walk with the Lord. We are in the school of God. And so the thought of sanctification, God wants to see believers like you and I growing spiritually, maturing in the things of the Lord, following after Him, serving Him, pleasing Him, and being a blessing to all those that are around us. But how are we going to live such a life? How is it possible for a believer, for a Christian, for a Messiah follower to live a life that is pleasing to God? How is it possible? Should I do it in the energy of my flesh? Should I do it in the energy of the human nature? Should I keep laws and rules in order to please God? Well, we find out as we have just finished chapter 7. Paul himself said, listen, and if you remember what we said earlier, Paul found and discovered a person himself said, Oh, wretched man that I am. He said, the things that I want to do, I don't do them. And the bad things that I don't want to do, those things I do. Paul is struggling within himself. Perhaps like you and I. And you and I know very well how we are struggling in our lives as believers. We oftentimes, instead of doing the right things, we do the wrong things. We even make a commitment and we say to God, God, from today on, I'm starting a new page in my life. And then a new page began, a white page began, and it doesn't take too long that it got dirty. It's no longer white. It's no longer the same because I dishonor him, I hurt him, I sinned, and I lived a life that is not pleasing to him, and so on. And how are we able to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord? Well, Romans chapter 8, beloved brothers and sisters, is one of the best chapters to learn about the believer's experience and the believer's ability to live a godly life. And that's why in Romans chapter 8, we have four things in which the apostle showing the believers in order to show us that we can be set free. We can be set free. There are four things I mentioned here. There is freedom from judgment. And this is very important. It's the first four verses of Romans chapter 8. There is freedom from defeat. From verse 5 to 17. There is freedom from discouragement in verses 18 to 30 that we have here in Romans chapter 8. And there is freedom from fear in verses 31 to the end of the chapter. In fact, beloved brothers and sisters, Romans chapter 8 teaches us that not only that there is no condemnation in the beginning of the chapter, there is also no separation at the end of the chapter. Romans chapter 8 shows us that the believer, and I'm speaking now about believers, not unbelievers. Unbelievers have, first of all, to deal with the question of sin. They must accept the fact that they are sinners and that Yeshua died for them and that he paid the price for their sins. But for the believers, we need to be assured, according to the scripture, that there is no condemnation at all because of our relationship with the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. 
And so the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans chapter 8, 19 times he used the word Spirit. Capital S, Holy Spirit of God. 19 times in this chapter, he mentioned the word the Holy Spirit of God and the necessity to allow the Holy Spirit of God to work in our lives. In contrast to chapter 7, there are so many times the word I, me, and my is mentioned in Romans chapter 7. But in Romans chapter 8, the word spirit is mentioned again and again and again because the apostle wants to show us that if we are to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord, we must do so in the energy and the power of the Holy Spirit of God and not in the energy of our own human nature. So, Romans chapter 8 is dealing with the Holy Spirit of God, and what He is going to do in the life of the believers. Before I'm going to begin in verse 1, I'd like you to turn to the Gospel of John. John chapter 14, 15, and 16, and I want to read a couple of verses for you in these chapters. Now remember that Yeshua, our Messiah, before he died upon the cross, the Roman cross, before he died upon the tree, he was sitting with his disciples, Talmidim, in the upper room in the city of Jerusalem. And he was anticipating to leave them to go back to the Father, where he came from. And as he was anticipating to go to the Father, he gathered his disciples. And if you remember, he celebrated with them the Feast of Pesach. Passover. He introduced to them also the memorial, the fact that he is going to die and we are to remember the price that he had paid for us. But then in chapter 14, he told them something that is very important. He said to them in chapter 14 and verse 16 and 17, look what he told them in these two verses. He says, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. And listen to the last part of verse 17. For he dwells with you and he shall be in you. Now you notice that the Holy Spirit of God called here in Romans chapter 14 a comforter. You see these Hebrew disciples who were sitting around Yeshua the Messiah in the upper room in Jerusalem, they needed to be comforted. Because the Lord, the Messiah, was is ready to leave. He's going to go to the Father's house. He said, in my Father's house there are many mentioned. I go to prepare a place for you in the beginning of chapter 14. But then they were perhaps very discouraged. And he says, listen, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to pray to the Father and He will give you another comforter. And what was that, or who was that another comforter? It was the Holy Spirit of truth. Ruach HaKodesh. The Holy Spirit of God, who He promised that the disciples will receive in the coming days. And then He says, listen, He says, the world cannot receive it. He says, you know Him. By the way, you notice, the Holy Spirit is a person. It's not an influence. It's not a feeling. You know Him. Why? Because He dwells with you and He shall be in you. See, the Holy Spirit of God did not yet come because Yeshua was not yet glorified. And so He promised that the Holy Spirit of God will come and He will dwell in the believers. 
Every one of us who is a believer in Yeshua, the Messiah, has the Holy Spirit of God indwelling us. He is a second person or one of the persons of the Godhead that is indwelling every believer in Yeshua, the Messiah. And He is there to help us, to assist us, and to comfort us. Turn to John 15, another verse in the same gospel. John 15 verses 26 and 27. And I'm reading in verse 26. When the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, and now notice again, he shall testify of me. And ye also shall bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning. You notice what the Holy Spirit of God will do? According to this verse 26, He will testify of me. That is the job of the Holy Spirit of God. Is to take the Messiah and present Him before the children of God. And encourage us and lead us and, and direct us and comfort us. That is the job of the Holy Spirit of God. Look at chapter 16 of the same gospel. John chapter 16 verse 12. Again, he's speaking about the Holy Spirit of God. I have many things to say unto you in verse 12, but ye cannot bear them now, he says. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Verse 14 says, He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. And you can see again and again the promise of Yeshua the Messiah, that the Holy Spirit of God will come, and he will guide the believer. He will testify to the believer about the person of the Messiah. He will reveal truth to the believer, to the child of God. What is the promises of Messiah have been to the disciples before his death came to pass? After he died on the Roman cross. When he died... When he was buried and he rose from among the dead and he was ascended to heaven, then he sent the Holy Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit of God now become our guide. That's why, brothers and sisters, it is so important to think of the ministry of the Holy Spirit of God in the life of the people of God. And Romans chapter 8 is a total chapter that shows us the work of the Spirit of God in the life of of the believer. So please go now to Romans chapter 8 and let's deal with this chapter verse by verse. The first thing that we learn, and this is so important to you and I, in verses 1 to 4 of Romans chapter 8, that you and I, because of what the Lord Jesus has done for us, we are free from judgment once and for all. That all the world is still awaiting who rejected the Messiahship of Jesus. Look at this. Verses 1 to 4, the freedom from judgment, no condemnation. We read in verse 1, But there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. 
The first thing that we learn in verse 1 of Romans chapter 8 is that there is now therefore no condemnation for those who belong to the Lord Jesus our Messiah. Now Romans chapter 8, I would like to remind you that it follows immediately Romans chapter 7. And somebody put the number 8 here as a mark to separate between the two chapters. But actually, Romans chapter 8 verse 1 is a continuation. The same line of what Paul just finished to ask in Romans chapter 7. What did he say in Romans chapter 7 and verse 25? After he says in verse 24, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? See, Paul was struggling, Shaul was struggling in his life, and he asked, who is going to deliver me? How can I get help? How can I get help to live the life that is pleasing to the Lord? What in the world am I going to do about this? How am I going to live the life of the believer? How am I going to do it? So he said in answer in verse 25 in chapter 7, I thank God for Yeshua the Messiah our Lord. So then with the mind, this is the inward man, with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. But, Romans 8 verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. See, Shaul, Paul, needed to Get, first of all, to the firm foundation. How many a time, brothers and sisters, sin come into your life, and you are struggling with sin in our life, and you might say, wow, I blew it again, and now God, probably God doesn't like me anymore. He doesn't love me anymore, you see, because I've committed that sin, and I've gone wrong in this way or another way. And we probably condemning ourselves, and we say, God, I do not know, I tried to please you, but I failed you again. And God, I feel condemned. So you know what Paul learned? He says, listen, brothers and sisters, and listen, Paul, he's speaking, in fact, he's also addressing himself like he's addressing the Roman believer. He says, listen. One thing it is important to learn, that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ, in Mashiach, Jesus. There is no condemnation. In other words, you think God did not know the struggles that you are going to go in your life every day? Do you think that God was surprised because you failed Him, or you failed your friends, or your brothers, or your family, or, or you think God did not know it? He knew it before you became a believer. And he knows that when you became a believer, and after as a believer, and following the Lord Jesus, he knows that. But if we understand the basis upon which we can move on in our lives as believers, there is fundamental truth that we have in the scripture. There is no condemnation in those that are in the Messiah, Yeshua. No condemnation. Do you know why God cannot condemn you anymore? Because the condemnation that you and I deserve to receive, somebody else took it already when he died for us on the cross. Jesus, our Lord and our Mashiach, our Messiah, already paid, by the way, not only for your sins of today only, for your sins of the past and the present, and for the sins that you and I will commit tomorrow. Everything he dealt with once and for all on the cross. And so it is important to understand that there is no condemnation, but it is only for those that are in Christ, in the Messiah. 
And that's where every person has to ask himself or herself, am I in the Messiah, in Christ? Am I belong to Him? Have I dealt with the question of sin in my life? Have I confessed that He is Lord of my life? That I deserve to be punished and He bore my sins in His body on the tree? Have I confessed that? Well, Paul, Shaul, is saying there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Now you notice, by the way, in verse 1, that it says in the second half of the verse, Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Most Bible teachers will tell you that this statement in the second half of verse 1 do not belong there. Many manuscripts do not show that this part of the verse is not there. It's actually in verse 4, a little bit lower. You notice in verse 4, it says the same thing at the end of verse 4. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. What we see here, that there is a blanket truth in verse 1, that the believer who is in the Messiah is no longer being condemned. God may discipline us when sin comes, but when it's come to our positional standing before the Lord, before God, once and for all, there is no longer condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And now he continues. And he's showing us now in the next verses, and I'm following now in verse 2 and 3 and 4. And you notice it says in verse 2, it says, The law now cannot claim the believer. Why? Notice that it says in verse 2, it says, For the law of the Spirit of life in the Messiah Yeshua had made us free from the law of sin and death. You see, the law of sin and death have constantly condemned us because when God had given us a law or principle of law, of rule, and men fail every time in accomplishing what God demanded, it condemned us. It judged us. And so what happened, we needed to be freed from the judgment that the law placed upon us. And so that's why he said, for the law of the spirit of life in the Messiah has made us free from the law of sin and death. You see, under the law we were condemned. When the law said, thou shalt not do this and we have done it. Well, it condemned us. It killed us. It demanded justice. So how can we be freed from that which condemned us? Well, the only way to be freed from that is to turn to the person of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. And that's why he says, for the law of the spirit of life in the Messiah, Jesus, had made me free. See, Paul again is building up upon the effect of the finished work of Yeshua, the Messiah, that what the Lord Jesus have done, we are free from the law because of the finished work of the Messiah. The law can no longer condemn us because God provided the judgment that we deserved in the person of His beloved Son. You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, 
L0S1J0 or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom.